Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is episode number 38. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word Winter 2020-2021 lesson manual or student workbook and turn to lesson number six intended for January 10th, 2021, the lesson entitled The Work of God. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bibles, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. All right, before we look into God's Word together, if you want to go ahead and turn there to the book of Haggai, Haggai chapter 1, it's toward the end of the Old Testament, we're going to read verses 2 through 14. But before we do that, it probably started as a drawing on a napkin. Claude Bowers dreamed of building a building to tower over Interstate 4 in Orlando, Florida, and calling it the Majesty Building. He thought it would take a year to build, a year and a half at the most, but as they say with construction, it always takes more time and more money than you think. In 2021, they broke ground, and a few months later, they went broke. They are still building the building, or at least they were at the time this story was printed. One year after another has come and gone, but the building is still not built. But it cannot be hidden. It towers 18 stories above Interstate 4 and has regrettably become a part of the Orlando skyline. It didn't take long for people to come up with nicknames of their own for this majesty building. Some call it the I-4 eyesore. Others call it the mistake by the lake. Blood pressure rises. People drive by it because people are tired of looking at a building that was begun but never finished. Well, the book of Haggai in the Old Testament chronicles the progress of the temple building project. However, King Artaxerxes issued a royal decree to stop the building, and the Jews stopped for 15 years. The foundation lay exposed to the weather for one and a half decades, and that's when God inspired the prophet Haggai to prophesy to the people to remind them to finish what they had forgotten. The issue was not just a building, though. It was their priorities. May we ever make God, his word, and his work our priority. He will finish what he has started in us, but may we finish what we have started for him. Let's look at this lesson entitled The Work of God and turn to Haggai chapter 1, and let's look and see what God's word would say to us today. right, let's look at Haggai chapter 1. We're going to read verses 2 through 14. Haggai chapter 1, verses 2 through 14. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to build in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag 
with holes. Verse 7 goes on, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why? saith the Lord of hosts. Because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man into his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent them, and the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message to the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. In verse 14, and this is our focus verse for this segment today. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. This lesson's entitled today, The Work of God. The focus thought we're going to look at God's word and work must be our greatest priorities. God's word and work must be our greatest priorities. Let's look at this passage just for a few minutes today. Let's look at it closely and see what the word of the Lord and God would speak to our hearts today. Wherever you're driving today, if you're sitting in your home, if you're sitting in your work, whatever, whatever you're doing right this moment, I believe God's word wants to speak to us, wants to speak to us. Look at verse, verses 2 through 6. We find the Lord speaking and talking about the need to build the temple, build the house of the Lord. Through the prophet Haggai, the Lord says, you, you've built your own houses. You've done everything for yourself. You've done all this stuff, made sure you're comfortable. Why, why, haven't, why have you let the temple lie waste? And the Lord says through Haggai, consider your ways. You, you've sown much, did you bring in little? You don't have enough, but you're, you're not filled with drink. You clothe, there's none warm. You, you earn wages, but it's like you're put into a bag with holes. It says, he says, you've done all these different things and things have not worked out for you. You keep doing everything you can, working so hard to bring in for yourself and to do for yourself, and yet it's all falling to naught. It's time to focus on the house of the Lord. I want you to look at verse 2. The people say this. The people say it's not time. It's not time that the Lord's house should be built. Yet through the prophet, the Lord says uh, it is time to do that. Looking at this passage and ask this question, what's the danger of having a different opinion than the Lord? <laughs> That's a loaded question, isn't it? What's the, what's the danger of having a different opinion than the Lord? Here, the people are like, we, we, we're too big. We got stuff going on in our lives. We got to make sure this is done and that's done and this house is built and that. And we, we get this all settled in place. That's what it's time for. It's not time to build the house of the Lord. Yet, the word of the Lord comes to the prophet and God says completely the opposite. No, it, it's time. You've done enough on your own homes. It's time to build the temple. 
totally different opinions here. So what's the danger of having a different opinion than the Lord? I'm sure you could think of an answer. Think of your your thought on the, on that question. I'll just share my thoughts. The danger of having a different opinion than the Lord is you're wrong. <laughs> if I have a different opinion than God, I'm wrong. That's that's the simple truth right there. God in him is all truth. There is no lie. There is no falsehood. And if God says this is what's true and I have a different opinion, then I'm wrong. And really, I'm in danger of setting my life up for failure, which is just what has happened. They've been living their lives on a different opinion than God's opinion. And so every effort they were making was falling short. They, they were sowing and planting much, but the, the harvest, the crops that they were reaping were so much less than they had planted. They, they, they would eat, but they, they just never could get their fill. They would drink, but they could never be filled with the drink. They would be clothed, but they just couldn't get warm. They would earn wages, and it was like they were putting into it, them into a bag filled with holes. Has your life ever felt like that? My, my life's felt like that before. It's like everything I'm trying to do is just not it's just not quite satisfying. It's just not quite quite making up. It's just not quite doing it. And those are the times we need to stop and and and, and find out, okay, consider my ways here. What what am I what am I doing? Am I pleasing God? Am I doing what God asked me to do? Am I living by my own opinion or by God's opinion? Am I living by my own thoughts or by God's thoughts? So that's the danger in having a different opinion than God. We're wrong. Look at these next set of verses, verses 7 through uh, verse 11. The Lord, through Haggai, says this same phrase again, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Go to the mountain, get the wood, get everything you need, and build the temple, build my house. And it reminds them that you've done all these kind of things for yourself and it's coming to naught. And then he says this, I did... Well, the first beginning of verse nine, he says, you look for much and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. (laughs) God will either put his hand on something in your life and bless it, or he might even put his hand on something in your life and curse it. And it all depends on whether you're having the same opinion as he has. You're living by truth or not. Here, God tells them, I put my hand, I blew on it. And it went to ruin. That's why That's why you're not seeing the rain on the earth. That's why you're not seeing your crops rained on and, and, and fed like they need to be. It's because of my house is lying in waste. You're living contrary to my purpose and plan for your life. And so you're living under a curse. Wow. So let me ask you this, considering those verses, why should we consider our ways? Why should we consider our ways? What does it mean to consider our ways? It means to take inventory. It means to, okay, what am I doing? I need to slow down here and think, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why am I living this way? Why do I feel this way? Why do I act this way? Why do I think this way? Why do I speak this way? Consider your ways. Consider your motives. Consider what you're doing. Is it pleasing God? Is it aligning with God's word? Now, there are just moments in our lives where things don't go right. There are times in our lives when things just go wrong, and it's not because of anything but just life, okay? 
We, we've got to realize that and recognize that. Everything that goes wrong in our life is not because we sinned. Everything that goes wrong in our life, every sickness that comes, it's not because we sinned. Don't get caught up in that. Don't, get, don't let people convince you that, well, something bad happened in your life. It's because you sinned. It's not always that way. But it does behoove us as believers to, from time to time, consider our ways. Because perhaps there is some things being devoured in our lives because we are living contrary to God's word. Perhaps there are some, some, some things that are, that are not quite working out like they should be because we are living contrary to God's will for our lives. So consider your ways. Lay your ways before the Lord. God, search my heart and consider your ways. But finally, thankfully, in this passage, there's hope and the right uh, choice was made. Verses 12 through 14, the spirit of the Lord stirred up Zerubbabel, stirred up Joshua, the high priest, stirred up all the remnant of the people, stirred up the people. Well, I'm praying right now in the midst of the way our world is going that God would stir up the church, stir up the remnant of his people. The church needs to be stirred. The church doesn't need to be taking political sides. The church doesn't need to be taking. The, the church needs to be stirred to align themselves with God's word. We've got to be the church. We've got to listen to God's voice. We've got to look around us and see all the chaos and recognize, is it perhaps God trying to get our attention? It's time to consider our ways. It's time to consider our motives, consider our actions, consider our thoughts. It's time to consider our ways. So the Lord stirred up Zerubbabel, stirred up Joshua the high priest, stirred up the people. And when he stirred up the people, the people feared before the Lord, it says. And then the Lord spoke again. And this time it wasn't judgment. This time it wasn't correction. This time when the Lord looked down and saw the people starting to align themselves with his word, his purpose, his plan. This is what the Lord said. He said, I am with you. Do you want the Lord to be with you? I am with you. And so the people did the work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. The last question to consider, why should God's priorities be our priorities? Why should God's priorities be our priorities? Because God's priorities are not only to, to, to make sure he is honored and glorified, that's, that, that's, it. That, that's, that's one of them, but it's because he has our best at heart. And our priori his priorities are to bless us and to keep us and to prosper us, not financially necessarily, but to prosper spiritually, to prosper our, prosper our ways, to prosper our influence. God has come to, to bless and to save and to guide and to direct and to use us and, to, and that, that his kingdom could expand and advance in this world. So we need to make sure our priorities are his priorities. But here's two things to focus on this week to apply this word of God to your life. So I challenge you, number one, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Take some time this week, get in solitude with the Lord and begin to consider humbly. Consider your ways. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you living the way you're living? Why are you acting, talking, speaking? Why are you doing what you're doing? 
Consider your ways. Are they aligning with God's word and God's purpose for your life? Are they contrary to it? Consider your ways. And then number two, focus on God's priorities. What are God's priorities? Well, I can tell you three things that are God's priorities. Number one, God's priorities are the, is the church. He wants to see the church strong and and together and unified and spreading his truth throughout the world. And number two, his priorities, the gospel being preached. He wants to preach the gospel preached to those who don't know it so they can be saved and their lives change. And then he, his priorities is that we love our neighbor as ourself. Focus on God's priorities this week. Consider your ways. Focus on God's priorities and watch the Lord work in your life this week. Dear Lord Jesus, we come before you humbly. We come before you and we bow before you in humility, Lord Jesus. We can't help but look around in our world. We can't help but look around and see the things happening around us. And we see the lawlessness. We see the the, the lack of, of, of respect for humanity. And we see, we see our world in complete and utter chaos. But we understand and, and we, we see and, and in a sense you're get, trying to get our attention as the church, as the people of God. And Lord, we stand at attention. We stand ready. We humble ourselves before we ask you to take control, to take dominion, to use us. God, we want our priorities to be your priorities. Lord, we want to consider our ways and allow you to reach through us and touch us and stir us and transform our lives. Go with us, I pray. Bless those listening today. Let your hand rest upon them. We want to do your work and for your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.